0: announcement the revolution will not be televised i repeat the hemp revolution will not be televised welcome to the hemp revolution podcast the global hotspot for the buzz and the can of biz hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules innovating business and changing history forever Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now, here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez.
1: What's up, guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado on another amazing episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the real story of cannabis through the eyes of the entrepreneurs and incredible change makers who are pushing this amazing industry forward. As you know, it's our mission to empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp so that you can make educated decisions about how you want to care for yourself and the people that you love or otherwise participate in this extremely exciting and yet very challenging industry. Check us out at medicalsecrets.com if you are someone who's looking for products and information that's easy to digest and effective to use. Medicalsecrets.com is where you can find the products that we have personally vetted and selected uh, to actually deliver the results that you're looking for. And if you're a budding entrepreneur or business owner in this space trying to break through some brick walls and glass ceilings, Hit me up on email, at medicalsecrets.com. I'd love to hear your story and I'll be excited to connect. You guys, so excited to have you here. I invite you now to like and share this content. As you like and share this content, make sure that you tag five people that you believe it'll make a difference for. When you take this simple action, you are helping us transform the way that we think about and talk about cannabis and hemp in our families and in our communities. And I thank you for helping us move the needle on global legalization and helping folks get safe and legal access to high quality products That will actually work for them. Super excited to have our guests today. Once again, we've pulled some of the best of the best out of the woodwork to share their story and experience in building a successful business here. Skip started Soulful Cannabis in 2018 after recognizing that the emerging cannabis industry could use some help in being the best version of itself. In 2019, Skip focused on the Soulful Caregivers program the Language Matters content work and leading corporate social responsibility initiatives. A man after my own heart Skip Shuda is a serial entrepreneur, medical marijuana operations executive, digital marketing specialist, and startup business advisor. From January 2017 until April 2018, he was the chief operating officer of one of Pennsylvania's first medical marijuana dispensaries. He helped the team achieve a ranking of number eight out of 250. 55 statewide dispensary applications, ensuring a successful application. Skip oversaw the first sale to take place in the southeastern part of PA and the move to an operational status of two different dispensaries. As a technology entrepreneur, his company, Destiny Software, built one of the world's first online banking systems for Bank of America and grew to over $17 million in annual revenue. He received awards for the Greater Philadelphia Area's Best Management Team and Best Startup. Skip was previously a member of the ArcView Investor Group, board member of Philly Normal, and remains an instructor of entrepreneurship, at the Wharton SBDC. He is a managing partner of Philly Marketing Labs, a four-time Philly 100 award recipient, and a Fortune 5000 Fastest Growing Companies member. Skip founded GreenRushAdvisors.com in 2015 to provide educational services to accelerate legal reform and support aspiring cannabis entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry. A man who needs no introduction and super excited to have him on the show. Put your hands together and help me welcome my good friend, Skip Schuda. How's it going, Skip?
2: Hey, Sonia. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on today.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm so excited and really honored to have you here. Uh, Fellow canapreneur, I've done some pretty extensive research into your background, as you can tell. Yes. However, not everyone. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) <laughs> not everyone has been so privileged to do so um why don't you quick and dirty from straight from the horse's mouth tell us a little bit about who you are your background and how you ended up in the cannabis craze
2: okay sure um so I, as you alluded to i've always been a um uh, an entrepreneur and a um really kind of a startup junkie uh i i was um Teaching at the Wharton Small Business Development Center for 16 years, actually. Unfortunately, they did close down last summer. So um, that that gig just a quick update note on that. But um, about six years ago, I wanted to take my entrepreneurship bug and apply it to the cannabis industry. Um, I've had a lifelong uh, interest and relationship with the plant. And it felt like it was time to really jump on that that bandwagon. So that's what led to Green Rush Advisors. And with Green Rush Advisors, I was providing some uh, courses for career seekers and for business owners that wanted to get into the space. Uh, That eventually morphed into helping out with applications and uh, working with some of the startups here in the Philadelphia area and New Jersey as well. Um, And... Ultimately, through the uh, experiences I've had in the cannabis industry in the first few years with Green Rush Advisors, um, my partner and uh, and dear friend Jason Mitchell and uh, and another uh, partner and friend Julia Klein uh, decided that we wanted to create a nonprofit that would focus on making the cannabis industry the best version of itself, and that's really what gave rise to Local Cannabis. So. We really focus on three areas. One is on education where we're looking at uh, trying to remove the stigma around cannabis. So we run various events, uh, we'll publish content, uh, and try to educate people about the positive side of cannabis uh, and really try to erase these four generations of stigma that have built up. Uh, second thing is access. So access for patients, access for caregivers, access for employees and people that want to get into the space, uh, particularly helping communities of color or communities that have been disproportionately targeted by the war on drugs, help them get into the cannabis space. Uh, and we do that through a variety of techniques. We we sponsor registration events, certification events uh, for patients. Uh, we provide, again, educational services. We run a social caregivers program, which is really Uh, a big area of focus for us right now uh, during this time of pandemic. So hopefully we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then finally, uh, corporate social responsibility. We really want to raise the bar and and start the conversation about how we can create a healing industry. I mean, it's a healing plant, so we feel like it deserves a healing industry.
1: I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, A lot of the way that folks have gotten involved with this industry is through personal experience or story that connects them to this plant in some capacity, whether it's a personal experience or through a loved one, um, or even something that they bared witness to. However, not many businesses have done a great job at helping their community be a reflection of the success that they're building in their business. um, which is why I love in, in this, Um, in the first few minutes of this interview, you've already started to talk about how you are a community centered cannabis business and how important that is in all of the other goals and missions that you have to, you know, uh, dissolve a generational stigma um, empower people with the proper education and information that they need to make educated decisions about what they're going to do what they're going to use how they're going to use it and more importantly how they're going to understand the effects (laughs) long term and you know these things are these things many many businesses looked over, especially in the cannabis space, because it's such a, it's such an easy product to sell. You almost don't have to, or you didn't have to market it. When you open the store, you like you build it and they will come literally here. They are lined up around the door to get the product. However, not everybody who tried it, stuck with it unless they were a recreational user because they didn't get the results that they were looking for. And some 25 year old kid was, stuck, you know, behind the countertop, giving them the highest THC. And now we're losing, you know, the group that we want to actually support in understanding this plant better. Talk to me about your guys's initiatives. How are you guys showing up in the, in the community? Um, what are some of the, um, you know, corporate social responsibility initiatives that you are opening up there, and how is your community benefiting from it?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I like to think of it as you know, we're we're cutting new grooves um, because this is this is an industry that is um, while it's been around in some form or another since 1996, if we go back to the California days, um, it's really been gaining steam over the last few years. And um, the tracks are being laid down for what this what this industry is going to look like. So um, for us, it's really important as entrepreneurs start to look at this space that they're getting into it for the right reason. I mean, it's again, it's it's a wellness product. So uh, we want to be educating people in a way that their relationship, as they're building their relationships with the plant, it's being done in a way that's thoughtful and uh, and healing. So um, we have been particularly uh, focused on our Soulful Caregivers Program, whereby the state of Pennsylvania, which is where, where I'm located, uh, has put together a caregiver program. You can have up to five patients that you assist, and you can go on behalf of that patient to the dispensary and pick up their medication and help guide them on the best products and then, um, and then bring that to the patient. So we've taken that to another level. We've created online training. Uh, We worked with a guy named uh, Kevin Taylor, who's an expert in online instruction, and he donated his time to help us put together a really great training program that we've made available free to the public. Um, And what that training does is it takes you through the process of uh, how do you work with a patient? What kind of questions do you need to be asking? what kind of what are the different products that are available how do they operate how do they interact with the human body and then we provide a reimbursement program for our caregivers where we can reimburse them their registration fees and background checks Uh, our plan is to also eventually cover some of their expenses either through like a gas card a gift card as these caregivers are really providing a volunteer service to the community uh, and especially for homebound patients so with the global pandemic underway right now uh, a lot of patients particularly who are you know who are immunocompromised uh, can't get out where normally they would have felt safe going out to a dispensary they need support uh, and of course cancer patients hospice patients uh, people that haven't been able to get out to the dispensaries in the past we're trying to reach them so we're growing that network and increasing it um, other things that we've done, We have a uh, a secret shopper program that we are putting together whereby we volunteers who will go into the dispensaries, they'll follow a script and report back on the practices within that dispensary and trying to raise the bar within the industry of how people are operating. We have the Language Matters series that you've talked about, which is really educational content we're developing so people are conscious about, the language they're using in the cannabis space. Um, You know, so we like cannabis uh, versus marijuana just because marijuana has been, um, you know, traditionally and historically grounded in uh, in some of the anti-cannabis stigma uh, from back in the 30s. Now, that said, it's probably the most well-recognized term. But, you know, things like that, um, you know, we've also uh, been promoting a number of educational registration certification events, which I had mentioned before. So that's uh, that's sort of a sampling. We're an all-volunteer-driven organization, and we're sponsored by the industry. So we actually have dispensaries, growers, processors in Pennsylvania um, who have been donating to our program so that we can actually carry out these actions.
1: Wow, that's so incredible. And what a massive undertaking. I, being somebody who, <laughs> I mean, with yeah. everything that you're talking about, however articulate it is, um, and it, it is very well communicated personally i know what it actually takes to execute on all the things you just said and goddamn <laughs> that is like <laughs> that is some incredible work that you're doing is and especially in the part of the world that you're in or the part of the country that you're in it's that's that's not an easy thing to push around or push through or to set a set of bar for however and and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I think that the industry is young enough, and we're in that third tier of entrepreneurship right now, where folks like yourself, who have the background that you have, are coming into the space and sort of reestablishing the not only the pecking order, but you know the the code of conduct that we as an industry must abide by. And I'm really excited to see that even 10 years in or or more. I mean, I was there prop 215. I you know I've lived in mendocino and humboldt and the emerald triangle you know a lot of my life has been spent in that region of the of the world so i understand each facet of this industry and each time it's grown a new ring to show its age um, mm. and i can tell you that we are still in our infancy even though we've been around for a while we are still a self-governing Uh, industry. And we only have ourselves and each other to look to as far as being accountable to the type of excellence or professionalism that we want to be, you know, recognized for. And not everybody has been on board with that many times. And I've talked to, I've recorded over 150 episodes of this, um, of the Hemp Revolution podcast in the last two, three months. And I'll tell you what, not everybody that I asked that question to has an answer. Not, you know, some people are like, frankly, we're not giving back to the community right now. If you have any suggestions, we'd be totally open. And it's really interesting that that's not, you know, especially because the spirit of this plant is really, you know, how we are helping ourselves and one another. And it's, interesting that not more businesses have considered how they are going to give back to their community, how they're going to give back to the industry, and how they can continue to elevate um, or up-level the way that we conduct ourselves within the industry on behalf of the future of this industry.
2: Yeah, Very- absolutely. I think the, uh, I, I love the fact that you said self-governing industry because I do think Um, You know, we're at a time of reinvention for across our culture, not just in cannabis, but but in our world in general. And this idea of self-governing, I think, is going to to really resonate with a lot of people as we come out of this pandemic and we return to the streets. Uh, You know, we see governments who have tried to put in um, uh, they'll put social equity programs together. Uh, you know, and there's been a lot of criticism about the way some of these initial social equity programs uh, have been rolled out. So, uh, you know, people talk about the programs in uh, Oakland uh, in California where people were, um, you know, former offenders or people who have records with cannabis related records were put in the front of the line for getting a permit, which is great. But Those people were not backed up with appropriate capital with appropriate uh, operating experience with guidance with training, with all the support that an entrepreneur needs to actually be successful so it was almost like they were set up for failure from the beginning so I, I think this idea of you know government's trying to do the right thing in some of these cases, but it really really it really comes down to us the people who are all of us in the field. Um, the employers, the employees, the patients, the the cannabis users who want to see that work and support these um, these sorts of programs from the ground up. So I think that's uh, I love I love to hear that uh, that idea of self governing. Um,
1: Well, you know, it's, it's a really, let's stick with the idea for a second, because I think that it's applicable across multiple planes. And I I actually came up with this term. I mean, I didn't invent it, obviously, but I I came up with the use of this term when talking about our household. And and in one of the conversations with my family, I have a 17 year old son, um, 18, and he'll be 18 in October, championship football player, excellent student. um, But still, you know, somewhat rebellious. Um I have a 14-year-old daughter, I have a 12-year-old daughter and I have a 3-year-old daughter who of all of them is the most uh, like me, which is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> She's yeah. extremely free-spirited, extremely strong, very opinionated. And so we were all sitting down as a family trying to talk about, you know, in the face of this coronavirus, what is our Families, uh, what is our family's commitment to excellence? We have to be unapologetically committed to our own health and well-being in order to be a part of the solution or a part of the problem. And this idea of self-governing is: I'm not going to be, you know, chasing any one of you guys around to tell you what to or what not to do. Everybody is in a place, including the three-year-old, where they can make the right choices for themselves, right? That's right. And so yeah. I think as a community and I think as a society it starts with one person, one family, you know, whatever your nucleus or inner circle is and how you are, you know, influencing or acting as a center of influence in your actions. And so let's talk about the, let's talk about this in relationship to the band to this pandemic right now. Um, the Corona, the Corona craze, it's the only fucking, excuse my language industry. Uh, we're, by the way, we are uncensored. So permission to speak freely here. Um, but it is the only freaking industry that changes more often than the cannabis and hemp industry so far. And it's the only other industry that I know of that is using, you know, that is using education to push fear. And I can't decide, sometimes it's difficult for me. I go through my waves. I can't decide whether to be start cold afraid and never leave my house again, or, you know, totally liberal about it and try and quote unquote, act normally or finding the center ground where, again, we are making a commitment as a family on how we want to protect ourselves and each other. And then the ripple effect of that is how we are protecting and engaging with our community. So I would love to hear from you first, what is your opinion of the Corona craze and what side of the fence are you on? Are you on the side that we are going to be at the hand, suffering at the hands of this um, disease and all of its repercussions economically, et cetera, et cetera, for some time? Or do you think that this, quote unquote, this too shall pass and we will be finding ourselves in the, quote unquote, new normal post-corona craze?
2: Sure. Yeah, no, I think everybody is struggling with these sorts of questions right now. And, um, you know, it's, it's to me, it's a time that's that, that it, it's laden with fear. There's a lot of anxiety in the air. Everyone's on edge, especially public facing uh, employees. So uh, first thing that I, I like to do is uh, try to encourage compassion and patience with with each other, um, because everybody's doing the best that they can. Um, and, you know, I'm reminded of, I think it's a Maya Angelou quote, where she said, do the best that you can until you know better, and then feel better. So, so to now, yeah, I, you know, to me, that means, listen, as you are having these conversations with your family, as we're having conversations in our family, let's we have the advantage of technology to share and to um, come up with new ideas and, and practices that we hadn't thought about before. So. So my feeling on the Corona craze, as you said, I, listen, I think it's a real pandemic. I don't think, I don't think it's manufactured. Um, people are getting sick. Uh, and for whatever reason, some people are succumbing to this. So I do think we have to be prepared. Um, you know, there's a role for, for uh, governmental leaders to play, to coordinate and organize But there's an even bigger role for all of us as individuals to play, and it's to have those thoughtful conversations that you're having about where do we draw the lines, what kind of boundaries do we have to maintain uh, to stay at home, to stay safe, uh, when do we venture out, and why do we venture out? So, you know, we are, with our Caregivers Program, we are um, asking caregivers to go out, to venture out to the dispensaries on behalf of patients who may be immunocompromised, or can't get out because they need the medicine to help them continue to function and get by on a day-to-day basis. So that's a choice that our caregivers have to make. One of the things that we're going to do is actually have a a webinar in the upcoming days for our caregiver circle to talk about, again, share these best practices. What are the best practices um, for going to a dispensary? Some of our dispensaries have taken the stand of doing uh, parking lot delivery. So they'll actually take a pre-order online or over the phone, and they'll bring it out to the parking lot. So reducing the exposure of people having to go into the store. To me, that's a step in, in, in taking some corporate social responsibility. For our caregivers, we want to know what are the practices of the diff- different dispensaries. Some other dispensaries have published online, here are the uh, practices that we're going to follow in terms of maintaining a clean and safe environment. So they're basically publishing, if you will, their standard operating procedures with respect to handling and safety. These are all good things. That, that communication and that transparency really becomes a part and parcel to uh, getting through this, this uh, epidemic. But, but at the end of the day, I'm really hoping that what happens is we come out of this and it's not business as usual. That instead, we, we maintain some of these practices where we're communicating in groups and we're, we're sharing best ideas and practices. We're looking out for each other. We're, as we learn new information about the virus, we're sharing that information with each other. You know, there's a right now and there's a public debate. Should we be wearing masks or not wearing masks? So, you know, there's some conversations. So maybe there's a shift in practices. We have to stay agile. And and keep communicating about that, so that people are uh, doing again doing the best that you can until you know better, and then do better.
1: I mean, the only thing I can say right to that is like preach on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, <clears throat> it's very it's a
2: well said. process. Thank yeah, you.
1: It, I mean, it's very very well said, and I think that it's you know it's first some. Uh, constructive criticism, but it's also some necessary support in the, in one's my, mindset. Um, in my experience of having dealt with severe life-altering illnesses, both in myself and family members, <clears throat> is being well and staying well is a mindset. And that is a mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, across the plane, the idea of wellness starts with one's mindset. And then it moves into the physical and how we, you know, make our decisions moment to moment to support our individual or independent well-being. You'll hear gurus or instructors talk about feed your mind, get you know, give it positive information, speak into existence, what you say will become true. There's a mm-hmm. whole, you know, there's a whole um, initiative around Or a scientific fact at this point where 80% of your immune system is inside of your belly and you have to consciously make the choices that are going to give your belly and your gut the, the proper nutrients that it needs so that you don't become stagnant and therefore... A breeding ground for bacteria and virus, so all of this the one of the things that i'm grateful for um, in this whole process, and as scary as it is as you know as um, historical of a moment in time that this will become I mean this is quite literally shaping our society and our world for. The remainder of our lifetime. And we will never live the way that we did pre-9-11. We will never live the way that we did pre-coronavirus. Yeah. This is completely changing the fabric of our society. Um, however, I find it really difficult to contribute to the quote unquote conspiracies, um, you know, and the fear-mongering that is yeah. taking place right now because What has Corona done for me? Let's answer that question for a second. So far, my kids are at home. We're harmoniously working together as a family to build gardens and outside infrastructure in our backyard. And my kids are emerging out of their bedrooms and off of social media and doing puzzles and playing games and interacting mm. with one another. Um, right. We're eating better food. We're taking better care of ourselves. We're holding each other accountable. And we're figuring out in this busy hustle and bustle of a world, how to peacefully coexist. And this has been an idea, a quote unquote, hippie centric idea. The idea of coexistence for quite a while, whereas on the opposite side of the spectrum, it's all about what you can do and what you can accomplish. And somewhere in the center, cannabis made it possible for us to come together, <laughs> you know, with the yeah. two extremes are coming together. So no, I love that.
2: And so, I think so, it's right. We need to, we need to actively uh, both, you know, sort of monitor, um, shepherd our own emotions and our own uh, what we project on social media and whatnot, because again, it's easy to give into the fear and the anxiety and then, you know, start lashing out, but there's a higher self and a higher purpose that I think we really want to be focusing on. That's going to, um, that's going to, that's going to be, um, helpful to others and people want to see that promoted. Um, there's a, Have you seen this um, this little uh, snippet, a small poem that this woman Kitty O'Mara wrote? That's been no, but if you want to share it, if I could, Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a minute, and uh, she wrote, and the people stayed home, and read books, and listened, and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and learned new ways of being, and were still. And listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced. Some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently, and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed, and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dream new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. So that's Kitty O'Meara. Um, so I guess a, a former chaplain and teacher, retired um, out of, I think, Wisconsin or Michigan, somewhere in the Midwest. And I uh, just thought that was a, a beautiful expression of, of ways to think about this. And now we see, you know, the air quality is improving. We see that uh, you know, I just saw something that sea turtles are having record populations on the beaches because they're undisturbed the The canals in Venice are teeming with fish and even dolphins coming in there, so um, you know there's there's a there's a balance that's being restored uh, even though it's a very difficult time for many people, uh, and hopefully we can continue that afterwards, and I think cannabis is really representative of a lot of that you know that connection to nature um that healing connection to nature so
1: i couldn't agree more It's so so again there's one more example of like man i'm not sure i'm not sure that i can find beyond like the scare and the fear factor and all of the things like anybody can find the negative aspect of it but like it takes a second to just like Take a deep breath and slow down for a second and notice that, like, huh, I can see a little bit further from yeah. my backyard than I've been able to see in a long while. Or, hey, check that out. Los Angeles doesn't have any smog. Or, hmm, interestingly enough, the canals are not brown in Venice. They're actually crystal clear blue water. And right. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting to see. Although I will say that. It's pretty terrifying to watch and to listen what's happening economically as a as a effect, yes. as a ripple effect to this whole thing, which does shake me. It's not the virus itself because I feel myself, I feel pretty confident in my ability to not only implement ways to stay healthier, um, <clears throat> but also my ability to teach and transfer that information to other people. However, there are six people on my block. When I walk my kid, like a, I, I walk my kid like a dog. Um, no, I walk my kid to, to get her energy out around the block, and I'm like, oh, social yeah. distancing, talking to my neighbors, and they're like, you know, bags under their eye. Poor guys. I'm. I'm really. This is not general, but bags under their eyes. They're stressed out. They're freaking, you know, everyone's in their house clothes. And I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You know, how are you guys doing? And they're like, Oh, we fucking lost our jobs. You know, both of us were having to refinance yeah. our house, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, the, the effect of this is really significant. I, I saw one guy poor bloke was moving back to his mom's house. I'm like, yeah. I, I was like, Hey, how you doing? Cause our kids play together. And and he was like, "Yeah, you know, not so good." After 20 years of being out on my own, I'm having to move back to mommy's. I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> That's- yeah, it's
2: it's it's really tough for a lot of people, I think. Uh, and you know, I think it also reveals sort of the fragility of our of our economy. A lot of people, um, you know, were living paycheck to paycheck, um, and now they don't have that paycheck. So we've got to do things as communities to support each other and be there for each other. Because, uh, again, you know, the government may come in and try to do the right thing, but it's ultimately what do we do neighbor to neighbor, community to community to, to help each other get through this. Um, and I'm hoping that there'll be new kinds of jobs, um, you know, and, and new ways of being that, uh, are going to help people, um, really recover quickly. So I think that's a lot, there's a lot of work to be done once this is, once we get out of the house.
1: Uh, that's, that's, a, uh, that is a uh, understatement of the understatement, century. Yes. Fi- final question I have around the coronavirus issue is yeah. how is it affecting your business or how are you seeing the coronavirus, um, you know, circumstances affect the flow of business for your company and for the other cannabis companies in your community?
2: Yeah, well, as a nonprofit, again, we're we're really pretty much uh, dependent on uh, the support of the industry and industry participants. So um, what has happened is it's really raised the the profile of our caregivers program. I, I now see also dispensaries, uh, putting out calls for caregivers. There are patient groups putting out calls for caregivers, and we have people now coming to our site saying, "Hey, I want to become a caregiver." Uh, in fact, I was in touch with uh, someone at the Department of Health this morning, who's they send when patients contact them. They'll send us care. They'll send us requests for caregivers. So um, we're seeing a, an increased interest, but then. Um, you know, it's also difficult because, as an all-volunteer organization, people are on an individual basis, the caregivers are are having to examine that question: Hey, do I need to? You know, do I want to put myself at risk by going out into the community to provide this service? And and we're very fortunate to have some dedicated caregivers who are willing to go out and help people. Um, there's also a lot of people that are at home now, so all of a sudden. We have uh, our vol- all volunteer force has extra time on their hands so we have webmasters who are helping us update our website we have some marketing people who are donating their time to uh, help us get the word out to manage our social media channels to put together marketing strategies so we can reach the people that we need to reach both as a service organization and also as um, you know, our fundraising process so i'm 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 optimistic from that perspective. Um, so even though you know it comes with some difficulties, we had to cancel—not cancel—we postponed a big event we were supposed to do this past Saturday. Uh, we were going to do a cannabis 101 event, and we had doctors who had who were donating their time to certify patients either for free or at a reduced at a reduced price. We had um, you know speakers who were going to do a panel uh, for patients. So that has to be postponed. And our sponsors want to know, well, what are we going to reschedule? Well, we can't really even say yet until we have better visibility in there. So uh, we use a a process uh, that's that's based on something called holacracy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's an agile governing um, process that allows us to dynamically steer as changes show up in our organization. So we get together on a weekly basis, we talk about what's going on. We solicit feedback from all of our volunteers and participants, and then we change our strategy accordingly. So it allows us to operate in a very agile um, fashion and respond to things quickly. So uh, those kinds of practices have really served us well at this time of uncertainty.
1: I'm, um, I'm interested to know in, you know, pre Corona, post Corona, it this market is not getting um, any easier to exist in or to i mean it's pretty easy there's relatively low barriers of entry if you want to get started here. You alluded to mm-hmm. the fact that most people who want to get started don't necessarily have the wherewithal resources to succeed in this space um, and yeah. They certainly, in most cases, at least the folks that come to me for support, (laughs) um, don't generally have a clear roadmap of what they want to do and how they want to do it. I have many folks who are listening in on our podcast and always wondering, you know, what are the ways that they can get involved into this industry? And I give them three sort of compartments to consider. Okay. Okay. Number one is developing new skill sets that will allow you to get a job and support the building of a brand. Second is if you already run your own business and you have a professional certification like legal or accounting or plumbing, for instance, uh, HVAC, that you can tailor your existing business and skill sets to serve this new industry. And then finally is starting your business. However, most people want to work themselves from the top down, like, the, the, the way that they think about seeing themselves involved in cannabis is by having their own cannabis company. And that's not always the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, and ha- however, folks are quite ambitious. So for the spirited ones who are still listening in and wanting to figure out how they can make their entry into this space, or perhaps they're just starting to get their feet wet in the um, you know, journey what would be one or two key pieces of advice that you could offer them while they're considering, um, you know, what their next step should be to grow and succeed in this space?
2: Sure. Well, um, you know, it's a, it's a great question. I think uh, structurally uh, a lot of states have set up their businesses in a way that uh, favors uh, well-capitalized, well-funded organizations um, so, you have a lot of multi state operators with millions of dollars that you know you really need to have hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in capital or millions of dollars in capital to actually get up and running, but that's changed um you know with the advent of the um of the farm act and the legalization of hemp so in effect, there is a form of cannabis that is um, that is legalized, and this is, you know, since this is the Hemp Revolution uh, podcast, the I think this is uh, applicable to your audience. I, you know, in Pennsylvania, for example, you know, the barrier to entry is much lower now if you want to become a hemp farmer. Now there are still a number of challenges. Uh, last year, I think there was, you know, too many people were growing and not enough people were processing but there's clearly long-term a rising demand for cbd oil for cbd products for other cannabinoids tbg Um, so in terms of building a business the the opportunity is there and the barriers are lowering Um, now it's going to be a crowded space so it comes down to how do you differentiate yourself and for me i'm encouraging people think very carefully about why you're doing this Who are you trying to help? And make sure you focus on that. So avoid some of the pitfalls that other companies have fallen into where they don't engage patient communities. They don't engage um, the the, the local um, MS group or uh, uh, groups that are cancer groups. Um, You wanna be involved with those groups and provide education and support to those groups. Uh, You know, help veterans who uh, may not have resources to get the products that they need, provide some kind of support uh, where they can do that. You know, with the hemp industry, a lot of times you have the opportunity to get people who are returning citizens, people who have been incarcerated, where they're locked out of the, the regulated cannabis industry. Well, in the hemp space, they're not locked out and they can come in and they can learn farming skills and they can learn. Uh, processing skills and and retail uh, retail skills and transportation, and, you know so there are opportunities in this industry now that are emerging that weren't there before, and we need to continue as an industry to work on breaking down those structural barriers uh, so that so many people aren't locked out of this space. Particularly, people who have been targeted by the war on drugs and maybe they've been incarcerated. These people need to these people need to be given a leg up to help get a fresh start. We have to change the way we think about uh, returning citizens and incorporate them right into the the heart of the industry. Uh, so, those would be some of my pieces of advice because those those kinds of actions and activities will also gain you um, trust in the community that you're serving and people will see that you're authentic and that you're, you're care-centered, you're care-centric, you're wellness-centric. And that's gonna help you differentiate against all the other people who are gonna be out there. Um, to your point, lots of ancillary businesses as well, marketing, HVAC, plumbing, um, you know, electricians, carpenters, there, there's work to be done in building out this industry, uh, and you can get involved by repurposing some of your skills into this industry as it's continuing to grow. So I do think there's, there's an optimistic edge here, and people just need to um, think carefully about why they're getting into it and how they're getting into it
1: such good words of advice and, and you're really coming from you're really coming from a place where you have involved yourself on multiple planes as an investor as a successful business owner yourself as a, as an employer <laughs> and um, as an educator as well so I really really value um, the things that you have mentioned here and at the core the over the overlining message that I'm hearing is integrity and how yes. we have, how we conduct ourselves. And and one of my mentors said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And you set the expectations in your first impression. And it's a very, very difficult thing to undo. Um, And it's an even more difficult thing to be in that, you know, centered space of consciousness to where you're aware that you're first second of making an impression as a business as an individual as an employee can never be erased that moment in time is like a snapshot it's a core memory every time you make and make or build make or build a relationship with somebody so i will second what you had to say in this section great
2: advice
1: yeah in in this section um, of words of wisdom Which I do with all of my entrepreneurs on this show, Um, and I think it's one of our one of our uh, most highly listened to sections of the interview. Um, But but I will second what you said in the spirit of integrity and talk about the importance of building and growing um, and building and growing a team with integrity. And I learned a lot about this, and I'm still a student of um, building. A team that performs the way that you would perform because it's a company culture and not mm-hmm. a personal choice. And somebody said this so super well. His name is Russell Brunson. And Russell Brunson is the author of multiple books. We have uh, dot com secrets, expert secrets, and re- most recently, traffic secrets. And Russell Brunson in Expert Secrets was talking about how you build authority and how you build a culture or cult following in your community because of who you are, what you know, and how you deliver the knowledge that you have. The internet has been such a powerful tool to deliver your message and showcase your mission. And this is one of the areas that I recognize most businesses who are not experiencing exponential growth are struggling with. Your integrity is built off of the vision that you have for your business and the commitment to the mission that you are working to execute every single day. And with your very clear laser-focused vision for your business and for your future, including income and impact, which by the way, are directly related to one another, you must absolutely consider what the culture of your company is going to be um, inside of that vision and paired with your mission with a clear vision. You can, if you know what you're doing and how or uh, what you're doing and when you're going to do it, the who and the, how it's going to get done, how it's going to get done and with whom it's going to get done with or for will show up. So you must know who you are in the business who you want to serve in the business because it's not just quote unquote for everybody. Um, I'm, I'm watching, um, this series on Robert Roger Ailes right now. And in the first episode Mm. they talked about the importance of finding the niche Network television isn't for everybody. That's not how you reach the broadest audience. The yeah. the way that you reach the broadest audience is by creating a uh, polarizing message that serves a specific audience so well that other that it piques other people's interest to want to get involved. So your mission has to be big enough and your vision has to be big enough to in order to attract and enroll the team who will help you buy your time to stay in your genius. Measure twice, cut once and make sure that you stay committed (laughs) to the vision and mission that you have as an organization and that every decision that you make at the round table is with the commitment to excellence when it comes to the mission or vision that you have. Now, the walls of the mission and vision can be flexible, but the core values must stay steady. And so I ask each and every one of you guys, as you're coming into this emerging industry, which has the potential to quite literally transform the way that we feel and function, but also act in our daily lives, the disruption that this plant has already caused in multiple industries, starting with the medical industry and the transformations that we're getting to celebrate on a daily basis here are so significant that I implore you to take responsibility for how you design and develop your execution plan and how you hold your team accountable to the vision and mission that we have as an industry to, to support the health and well-being of our families, of our communities, and of ourselves as a society as a whole. That is that is what we can be committed to as a self-governing industry. And those are my words of wisdom for today's That's episode.
2: Beautiful. Well said, Sonia. Really well said. Thank um, you. I'll just uh, comment a little bit on that. Um, but you know, we have we have an informal no assholes rule inside <laughs> our organization. <laughs> um, you know, and but it's because we, we want people, as you say, with integrity, people who are authentic, who are showing up for the right reasons. And I will say that our mission and, and vision that's been articulated through our. Website through our social media, through our programs, through our YouTube channel, um, has resonated enough that we've had people from around the country reach out to us and say they want to be involved, or they'd like to bring social cannabis to their state. Uh, we just spent at the beginning of uh, March probably our last uh, live event. Uh, well, we did one in the Lehigh Valley here in PA. After that, but we spent a couple of days in St. Louis in Missouri. Uh, working with a um, with a, a new partner out there uh, who brought us out there because she saw the mission and said, "This is what we need to have in this new medical program that's rolling out in Missouri." So, so I totally agree. I think that's the, the idea of um, really being true to your vision and mission. Measure twice, cut once. That's an old carpenter maxim that my uh, my uncle Pete. Uh, carpenter from way back taught me years ago and uh, it applies well to business as well to business as it does to carpentry so thank you for that it was really interesting
1: yeah absolutely i I would love to hear from you what uh where can people find you and follow you if they're interested in getting involved or um just following along the journey of your business and of yourself um as you as you guys are
2: growing So we're Soulful Cannabis at soulfulcannabis.com. Um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we have Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn and a YouTube channel. And they're all under Soulful Cannabis. So you should be able to find like on Instagram at Soulful Cannabis or on Twitter at Soulful Cannabis. Um, and uh, those, so we're present on all of those channels. And again, we've had some help from some great um, some great marketers who are helping us out with that. Um, uh, you know, our friend Catherine over at High Expectations Marketing is has been volunteering her time to help us put together a strategy. And uh, a woman named Jennifer Hennessy has been helping us out as well. So I just want to give them a shout out for their their help on the marketing side as we um, we start to really ramp up our our 2020 uh, initiative in this new this
1: new world that we live in. Shout out, ladies. I love to hear that lady bosses are are uh, driving the boat. I love, I love a good lady boss. Um, well, that's fantastic. And Skip, thank you so much for spending your time with me here today. I can't wait to have you on season two, um, which we are getting ready to start soon as season two will be The Hemp Revolution Live, which will be broadcasted live across all of our channels, um, which will be super exciting, you guys. So those of you who are a part of our Hemp Revolution family or Medical Secrets community, you will be getting notifications on all the cool stuff that we will be up to and the launch of season two. Um, And Skip, thank you so much for the incredible work that you're doing in the world. I can't wait for um, our collaborations and celebrations of further success. And thanks for coming on the show today.
2: Same here, Sonia. It was really a pleasure. I enjoyed our conversation and I learned quite a bit as well. So thanks Thanks for your work and thanks for getting the word out and uh, keep up the good work. I look forward to being with you in season two.
1: Yay, super exciting. And for those of you guys who are tuning in, thank you so much for being a part of our community and a part of our Medical Secrets family. As you know, it's our mission to serve you every single day. And um, we do our best to find the best of the best to bring direct to your kitchens, to your cars, to your homes, and to your families. And I want to invite you right now to like and share this content and make sure that you tag five people that you believe this interview will make a difference for. As you know, taking this simple action has helped us to impact hundreds of millions of people's lives around the world, quite literally transforming the way that we think about and talk about cannabis every single day in our families and communities. So I thank you for your support and helping us Uh, move the needle in cannabis and hemp legalization, ensuring that those who need and want access can actually get it. Shoot me an email if you are a budding entrepreneur or business owner looking to break through some Glass ceilings and brick walls. Happy to help. Sonia at medicalsecrets.com is where you can find me, and I will be looking forward to connecting. And if you are somebody who's looking for products that you can depend on, we have personally vetted over 2,000. Go ahead and check us out at medicalsecrets.com inside the marketplace and also on our blog for some easy to digest information on how to effectively select and utilize any one of these products. I'm your hostess with the mostess, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the Hemp Revolution, and we challenge you to dream big and love the
2: life you live.